If you've been following the news, you've seen this happening in Canada. These truckers are basically, uh, they formed a convoy and they've headed to Ottawa. That's the capital of Canada. And this is all over the mandates on the vaccine. Now, if you follow me on social media and you also follow my program, you know I've been outspoken against the the use of this vaccine. All of the ones that were created as part of Operation Warp Speed used aborted fetal cells at one level or another. Either they were used in the testing or in the production. So in my view, these the, the vaccines, and they're really not that. It's a jab. It's a shot. It's an injection. It's not really a vaccine, but they are tainted with abortion. And therefore, in my opinion, as a Christian, we can't be part of that. They also are causing harm for others, not, not just unborn babies, because the numbers of uh, miscarriages are way up. And according to the VAERS system, which you know is a reporting system for adverse reactions to vaccines and other things, uh, th- these are causing harm to lots of people. And finally, they just don't work. They're not doing what they said they were going to do. So there's a lot of reasons why Canadians and Americans are, are refusing to take the vaccine. There's a lot of reasons why Canadians and Americans are unwilling to follow the mandates. Because in America, we have the First Amendment. In, the, in Canada, they have the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And those give us opportunity to object on conscience reasons what the government might try to force us to do. So we're going to be talking about that. My guest today is Jonathan Van Maren, and Jonathan's a friend. He's also the communications director for the Canadian Center for Bioethical Reform. And Jonathan's been following this very closely. He wrote a a, a piece this week, and it was entitled The Three Vitally Important Facts About Canada and How the Freedom Convoys Have Exposed Those Facts. Jonathan, thanks for being on the show. Great to be here. Say, hey, Jonathan, let's jump right in. I mean, you're a Canadian. (laughs) That's a good thing. We love Canada. Uh, Sometimes. We, but we, yeah, well, aren't you a uh, dual, don't you have dual citizenship? I, I have dual citizenship, yeah, but I was born in Seattle, which is basically like Canada. Okay, so you wrote this uh, this article, and it caught my attention, and I wanted to to talk with you and get your take on what's going on up there. So uh, give us an update. What's happening with this Truckers Freedom Convoy? Well, it kind of started off as a very specific objection by truckers to the cross-border uh, vaccine mandate, stipulating that they would need to get the injection in order to go back and forth, uh, forth across the border and do their job. Uh, and, and so they conceived of a plan to basically head from, from Vancouver on the West Coast all the way to the capital, as you mentioned in your introduction. Now, the interesting thing is that as it went across the country, it went from being about specifically border mandates to all vaccine mandates, and then to government overreach in general. And it kind of became a flashpoint for the frustration a lot of Canadians have felt over the past couple of years because our our leaders have constantly berated anybody who wasn't on board with the narrative. Uh, Justin Trudeau said that people in the convoy were part of a fringe minority with, quote, unacceptable views. 
But those uh, those fringe minority people started to pack overpasses and line highways all the way across the country right until it arrived in Ottawa. There's a whole bunch of different estimates as to exactly how many people were there. Um, you, as a lifelong uh, attendee of the March for Life, are aware of how difficult it is to estimate crowd sizes accurately. Mm-hmm. We've heard anywhere from 10,000 10, people right at the very beginning when trucks were still arriving all the way to a couple of hundred thousand people at the peak. My guest is Jonathan Van Marin, and he's written a piece in The Bridgehead, and you can read it by going to thebridgehead.ca, thebridgehead.ca, and it's we're talking about three vitally important facts about Canada that are being exposed by the Freedom Convoy. Uh, if you would, Jonathan, let's go through these. What's number one? What are the things that you're that Canadians are learning? Well, a really important one is that the fringe minority is a lot larger of a minority than anybody suspected, right? Even if even if Trudeau was right, and it turns out that he's not, and only 10% of Canadians oppose mandates, that would be over 3.5 million people. Uh, so suddenly mm-hmm. people got really encouraged because the first step to becoming a, major, a majority is to becoming a visible minority. Right. And this really did that. Within, within a week, uh, polls came out from Angus Reid indicating that the number of people opposing government restrictions has gone from below 40%. Now it's well over 50%. Um, so the convoys had a real impact just on public opinion by making this minority very visible. And number two is you say that uh, it's exposed a political vacuum in Canada. Uh, obviously, America's different than Canada. You guys, you know, further down the road, I guess, in your in the totalitarian government, if you will. Uh, so there's, what do you mean by this exposed to political vacuum? Well, it's really funny because I wrote that piece on Monday um, after the convoy had hit Ottawa on, on the previous Saturday. By Wednesday, our leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, uh, Aaron O'Toole, was kicked out by his caucus in large part because he simply could not channel uh, the sentiments of his conservative base, which had been making themselves uh, loudly clear across the country for weeks. So it's interesting that political vacuum now still exists, but we got tossed into the middle of a leadership race where social conservatives, pro-lifers, uh, those opposing government overreach, now have an opportunity to make our voices heard and actually put somebody in place who shares our values. So uh, when I wrote the piece, there was no major leader who was condemning mandates, no major leader who was opposing government overreach. Uh, two days later, that changed. So, Jonathan, uh, the third uh, important fact that you have in your piece is this. The Freedom Convoy exposed, once again, the grotesque double standard employed by our media. Of course, we deal with that in America. What do you mean? Is it, is it just as bad or worse in Canada? Well, it's worse because everything we have is CNN, and we have no <laughs> version of Fox News. Yeah. And so that makes things particularly difficult. When I say the media got exposed, I'm not saying that this is news to people uh, right. like you and I who work in the pro-life movement and mm-hmm. watch ourselves and our work get mischaracterized all the time. Right. And it's, I think, important to note that because this is an event, this convoy that went all the way across the country that was witnessed by so many people, that they could suddenly see for themselves the difference between things that they witnessed and oh. the way the media reported on it. Yeah. And that, I think, was hugely helpful, because essentially the media, by covering this thing as you know, white supremacist, populist, blah, 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 right. uh, challenged the Canadian public, who are you going to believe, 
us or your lying eyes. Well, it kind of reminds me of the Trump revolution where, you know, it, he was censored, uh, mischaracterized, and never, a lot of the, just ignored a lot. But there was an up, there was a definitely a groundswell in, in the United States regarding his election to uh, president of the United States. Well, what we want to do here, let's cue up this clip. This is uh, the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, commenting about the Freedom Convoy. I know you're wondering about what you saw in our capital city this weekend. So pensive. As my friend Erwin Kotler said on Saturday, freedom of expression, assembly and association are cornerstones of democracy. But Nazi symbolism, racist imagery and desecration of war memorials are not. All right, let's stop there and we're going to we'll go forward. But Jonathan, first of all, emergy. Anyway, you know, we do everyone. Everybody mispronounces things every once in a while. But so what's the story here? Uh, He's talking about Nazi symbolism, racist imagery. Uh, that well, that, that was, freedom of association that was, and expression is the cornerstone of democracy. What is he talking about? Because I, I, frankly, I'm watching this thing and I, I'm not seeing any of that. Well, so it's very interesting. There was one uh, guy somewhere in Ottawa on the Saturday <laughs> they arrived that had a Nazi flag. Well, I'm I sure, and the media of... found him out, <laughs> right? Well, I'm, ve- I'm very suspicious of this because he's the, he was the only guy wearing a mask out of thousands. And nobody could identify this person. They're supposed and to be so, wearing a mask up there, right? Eh? You're supposed to, yeah, but not at, not not at this protest. It was frowned upon. I see. Um, and the thing is, is that thousands of dollars were offered by groups supporting the convoy to expose who this person was, mm-hmm. and uh, nothing happened. So basically, what Justin Trudeau did was he took tens of thousands of people, found one unnamed jackass who was scrupulously photographed by the press. Uh, ignore the denunciation of that person by the leaders of the convoy and by everybody involved with the convoy. Ignored the fact that a, a reward had been offered for this uh, for this person's identification and just decided to characterize it that way. I have to mention it, it, it's particularly rich that he talks about the desecration of memorials. Um, mm-hmm. Our entire media rediscovered the word desecration when the convoy arrived in Ottawa. Uh, after ignoring for a year statues of our first prime minister being beheaded and spray painted, we've had red paint splashed on statues of Winston Churchill. We've had statues of the Queen toppled. And throughout all of this, including 46 churches being burned down, the explanation we got from the progressives was we just need to understand the rage, right? And then a protester takes a leak near a war memorial, and, the, and, and you know, uh, Justin Trudeau can barely contain his outrage. It, it's well, you know I assume that he was uh, the prime minister supported the Black Lives Matter protests, if you want to categorize them oh, yeah, that no, way. He, last... he, he broke he broke his own COVID rules to attend a protest that was mm-hmm. formally illegal. Right? Yeah. It was just it's ridiculous. Yeah, well, it's I'm very typical of, of the very typical of media to find one person and broad brush an entire movement. Um, so let's go ahead and finish up the clip. This is again Justice Justin Trudeau, the uh, prime minister of. Canada speaking regarding the Freedom Convoy. I know you're wondering about what you saw in our capital city this weekend. As my friend Erwin Kotler said on Saturday, freedom of expression, assembly and association are cornerstones of democracy, but Nazi symbolism, racist imagery and desecration of war memorials 
are not. It is an insult to memory and truth. Hate can never be the answer. Over the past few days, Canadians were shocked and frankly disgusted by the behavior displayed by some people protesting in our nation's capital. I want to be very clear. We are not intimidated by those who hurl insults and abuse at small business workers and steal food from the homeless. All right, so you can we end it there. give in. You can end it there. Uh, obviously, the prime minister, he's trying to broad brush everybody. Let me ask you this. Are Canadians shocked and disgusted about what's happening with the Freedom Convoy as a general rule? Or are, is this something that most, uh, it doesn't matter necessarily that most people support it, but is there a, uh, a pretty good grassroots foundation for supporting this? Uh, within a week of the convoy uh, hitting the streets and then arriving in Ottawa, we've seen major polls shift on the question of government restrictions and vaccine mandates in almost every province. We've had the premiers of several provinces, which is a Canadian equivalent of the state, uh, and the premiers are the equivalent of governors step forward and say they are working on lifting those restrictions now. We've had the chief doctor of the city. All right, Jonathan, we're going to have to go. I appreciate Jonathan Van Maren with the Canadian Centre for Bioethical Reform. You can read his piece at thebridgehead.ca. Thanks for being on the program. You've been listening to Mark Harrington, your radio activist. For more information on how to make a difference for the cause of life, liberty, and justice, go to createdequal.org. To follow Mark, go to markharringtonshow.com. Be sure to tune in next time for your marching orders in the culture war.